Welcome to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast, where we support your quest for a happier, healthier, planet-friendly life that supports you, your family, and community. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy and having a chance to enjoy some festive cheer, whether you're staying close to home or hiking the hills or visiting with a few close friends and family. However you celebrate this year, we want to encourage you, if you are in a position to buy gifts this year, please consider shopping at our local small businesses, especially the ones that are striving to be sustainable and make our little part of this planet a kinder and safer place for us all. We'd love to have time to share all of these great small businesses and their gift ideas with you in this episode, but instead we put together a special webpage that includes lots of gift ideas from these businesses. Please visit gogreenlocally.org forward slash local dash green dash gifts. And if you have some other businesses that you think should be added to our list, then please contact us at info at gogreenlocally.org and we'll consider adding them. Even after the holidays, we'd like to leave this page up for birthdays and other special occasions that you might have a need to buy for. Well, in 2020, there's been many challenges in a number of different ways. One has been finding ways to create less waste. And that brings to topic our interview today with Kim Rios with KTMB to share with you KTMB's newly updated online recycling guide and to learn more about the changes in the Reno Sparks recycling program. Next, we're going to be sharing an interview with Andrew Frank with Space Cadet, a nonprofit in Reno that is recycling retail display fixtures to create new local business spaces. And lastly, we meet Jama Dacus with Blend B, a specialty loose leaf and custom tea company located in Sparks. And before we jump into these interviews, I'd like to mention briefly that Park Farm is having a special one-day holiday pop-up market to support local businesses and makers. It will be at Park Farm, 3295 Mayberry Drive, Sunday, December 13th, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. There'll be homemade goods from the products grown at the farm, made by the farmers and board members. There'll be pickled veggies, dried herbs, local remedies, body care, homemade jewelry, all kinds of goodies. Please keep in mind that there will be strict COVID protocols and only a few people will be allowed into the space at one time. Please contact Reno Food Systems for more information about this. Lastly, there's a couple special offers in our show notes and on the website. Sammy with Black Rock Refill would like to mention that zero waste items make great stocking stuffers and they have a very special holiday giveaway going on and are sharing a video of zero waste gift wrapping ideas. And now we'll jump into our show. I am speaking with Kim Rios with KTMB, Keep Truckee Meadows Beautiful, a community funded nonprofit organization. Welcome, Kim. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so we're so excited to kind of find out all the new things that are going on with waste management and our recycling, local recycling program. So can you tell us a little bit about how the recycling program is going and what is available to help us all learn more about it? Definitely. Well, um, I'd like to point out that one thing that our organization felt was missing in our community was clear communication on not only how to recycle, but also raise awareness on reducing and reusing. And so with generous funding from the Washoe County Health District, 
we upgraded our recycling guide to be more robust and comprehensive than ever. And so our recycling guide is an educational tool available to our community that essentially features hundreds of items uh, we come across in our day-to-day -day lives and indicates how to reduce, reuse, and recycle those materials. And while we're not waste management, <laughs> we are in close communication with them so that our messaging, especially around recycling, is cohesive and consistent. Because the last thing we want to do is get our wires mixed and communicate the wrong thing. And so, yes, our recycling guide is a very very user-friendly tool. You can access it by visiting our website at ktnb.org slash recycle and just type in the item that you're looking to learn more about uh, in terms of proper disposal in, in the search bar. And again, it's a great learning tool. It also gives you, offers some creative tips and pro pro tips on how to reduce and reuse, which is actually my favorite feature. Excellent. So um, have you found, I mean, I, I know some people think that recycling is really easy, but personally, you know, being somebody that's lived in a number of different places, the recycling programs kind of vary from one location to another. So what do you find uh, might be some things that people maybe commonly don't understand about the recycling program here? Well, um, like you said, our recycling systems vary by place. And so our recycling services are different than those offered in California or even in Carson City. And so I think that contributes to a, a problem that we're facing these days, not just in our community, but communities across the country and the world, where we're oftentimes placing things in our recycling bins that aren't supposed to be in there. <laughs> and that's also referred to as wish cycling. And some of the common problems that we know of from our relationship with waste management are plastics. Plastic bags, for instance, are one of those culprits that contribute to the larger problem. And so, for instance, placing just plastic bags in your recycling bin tangles up the machinery at the recycling center, which is a pain for those at the recycling center, and it just slows down the process, the sorting process. And this also means avoiding to bag your recyclables as well. So even if you bag them within your own container at home, as long as you're emptying just your recyclables into your bin and not the bag, that is the best thing you can do. There are resources in our community available to recycle plastic bags, actually. Some grocery stores like Winko, for instance, will recycle all types of plastic bags. And so customers or residents can take those plastic bags and drop them off in grocery stores like this. But I will say COVID has placed a lot of restrictions on this system, but I know for sure Winko is, is still taking plastic bags. Yeah, that's great. So let's maybe go through, touch just on a couple of things. So let's say that it's um, a box of cereal and it comes with uh, plastic on the inside of the cardboard box. So I know it's not maybe your typical kind of plastic bag that would normally go to a place like Winco because they're usually looking for like a grocery bag. So would you suggest that maybe that's something that wouldn't be put in recycling either one, just the cardboard box itself? The cardboard box, definitely. That could still go in your recycling bin 
As far as the plastic bag that comes inside, that can go in your trash. Okay. And then I know that, um, so that we have to be careful of like cardboard, but it can't be cardboard that has like a coating on it, right? Like maybe some of the frozen meals and those types of things, right? Yes. And that's part of the tricky process with recycling. <laughs> and it also contributes to a lot of wish cycling because people assume like, oh, it's paper. But the tricky thing with paper is that it has to be just paper. It can't be coated or mixed with any materials. It can't be lined with plastic or aluminum. And it can't be have other mixed materials within it because it, it hurts the recycling process and it lowers its quality. And so when we're recycling paper, we just have to make sure it's like office paper, magazines, junk mail, things like that. Uh, cardboard, but um, if it's lined with wax or coated with wax, it can't be recycled. Another big one to keep an eye out on is pizza boxes. Pizza boxes are oftentimes placed in your recycling bin because it's paper, right? But the problem with that is the pizza boxes are often contaminated with food soil, which again, lowers the quality of the material and it's not a desirable product for markets. And so keeping pizza boxes out of your recycling bin is important. Most of the times the top part of your pizza box is clean. And so the top part will most likely be able to be recycled. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought that it was just that we had to take kind of the soiled inside liner out and we could maybe re recycle the whole thing. But you're saying really just the top, that there's too much oil the top, yeah. Sometimes, depending on how your pizza is made or what toppings it comes with, it just seeps into the paper and the actual cardboard, and so you can see the grease stains on it, and that's that's a problem. And so, pizza boxes in general can't be recycled unless they're absolutely clean, which is really rare. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So what about um, some of the things like milk containers that are maybe cardboard that have the plastic um, nozzle on it? Is it okay to leave that on there and recycle the whole thing? Milk cartons, that's another tricky one. And I think this also depends on the markets because it's important to understand that recycling is only as effective as the demand for those products at the market level. And so those that demand fluctuates over time and some things are hot commodity today and not so much tomorrow. And so milk cartons are one of those things where we were, that, that, that was an item that was able to be recycled, but these days it's not. And so milk cartons are one of those things that um, are one of those products that are made of paper, but are just heavily coated and there's a lot of mixed materials in it and are no longer able to be recycled through curbside recycling. Okay, so just the, uh, the plastic milk containers, not the uh, cardboard ones. Yes, milk jugs and the plastic ones, those are still actually very in high demand now. Uh, this, you can talk about plastics to uh, plastics are really tricky to recycle. And recently the demand for plastics has decreased because we have this global problem with plastics where there's so many different types of plastics and there's very large quantities that we know what to do with. And so over time, we were able to recycle plastics labeled one through seven, except for six, which is polystyrene, AKA styrofoam. But these days, 
And as of recently, we learned from waste management that they're going to start taking only plastics labeled one and two. And so that means I think in the most simplest terms, it's essentially recycling plastic containers where the opening is smaller than the container itself. I think it's like the best way that I can describe it. But again, there's just so many types of plastics, but as long as they're labeled with one and two, um, then those ones will be able to be recycled. And this is really fairly new news, <laughs> but it's something that we learned recently. Okay. Okay, so that's the update. And then, of course, we need to rinse that out, right? I'm not sure everybody knows that part. Yeah, making sure our recyclables are clean and dry is important. Okay, okay, well, excellent. That's great. So many are trying to maybe less wasteful, trying some zero waste strategies and things like that, which I, I have to say, kudos. I think it's excellent whenever we can change out things to things that are for sure recyclable, whether it's, you know, cardboard or maybe glass. So outside of the items that we know are recyclable through waste management. Of course, we have other things like, oh, some of the little air pillows that we get with maybe a shipment and some other things. Do you want to touch on maybe that that guide covers some of those other categories? Definitely. I think the great thing about our recycling guide is that it details how to recycle things that aren't traditionally recycled through waste management, or at least it tells you how to properly dispose of it or places where you can take it to be repaired or donated. And so these things fall mostly under the categories of like household hazardous waste, for instance, light bulbs, paint, batteries, things like electronics, TVs, mattresses, tires, like all of these miscellaneous things that fall outside of just your traditional single stream recycling materials is something that our guide also provides information on, which is great. And so for instance, hazardous waste, we get a lot of questions on how to dispose of paint properly, for, for example. And there is a local business in town called H2O Environmental that takes all sorts of hazardous waste materials. Some they'll take for a fee, an additional fee, and uh, some they'll take for free. Uh, for, for instance, latex paint. Latex paint actually isn't toxic. So if you just leave that paint to dry completely, you can put it in your garbage bin, but you could also take it to H2O Environmental if it's still in liquid form. Oil-based paint, though, that's something that needs to be disposed of properly, and that's one of the, the things that H2O Environmental will take. And right now with COVID, they've placed restrictions on some of their operations, so they're only able to take materials based off of appointments. You have to make an appointment to go and bring your materials to them. And so it's always important to call ahead of time um, and just check in. And that information is on our recycling guide. And again, you just search paint and you a whole bunch of options pop up for you. And, and it's very interactive in that way. Batteries Plus is another great business in town. And I think it's pretty well known, but they're, they're a good alternative for proper disposal of all types of batteries and light bulbs. And there's also, I mean, I can go on and on. There's another business in town that takes and repairs electronics and they're called Intelligent Lifecycle Solutions. 
And there's also new to you computers. There's so many options out there. And so we just recommend visiting our website again, ktmb.org slash recycle and learning what you have, what you can do with all these things once you're done with them. Excellent. Excellent. And um, for the holidays, you have a special program coming up for trees. Yes. So something that we're about to launch is our annual Christmas tree recycling program, which will take place every day starting December 26th all the way until January 10th. And residents can drop off their Christmas trees between 9 and 4.30 at either of our drop-off locations in Reno and Sparks. We have one at the Reno Sports Complex, Shadow Mountain Sports Complex, and Bartley Ranch. And the trees that are dropped off will be chipped into mulch, which will then be reused for weed abatement and beautification projects throughout the year in our city, in our community. And our program also helps keep these trees, again, out of the landfill, just taking up space in the landfill, and also out of our open spaces because they contribute to wildfires, which is a big problem we have in our community. Um, so what uh, I understand that KTMB is also trying to encourage and um, support local businesses that are considering becoming green certified. Yes, we're really excited to announce that we're now working to certify green businesses in Reno and Sparks as an official member of the newly formed Nevada Green Business Network that launched this year. And this is a free and voluntary program which allows businesses to complete a certification process online through the Green Biz Tracker. And businesses will be provided with free technical support, resources, rebate information. They get a business advisor, a green business advisor to help them along the process. And then once they become certified, they will be listed on a directory that will be available to the public to be able to patronize these, these businesses. And then the network will also help to promote and recognize these certified businesses in Nevada as well. Excellent, excellent. Um, and heard a little rumor that maybe you will be looking into maybe some videos to um, further promote some of those businesses. Definitely. I think we want to encourage all types of businesses to green up their business operations. And so we hope that by providing videos or even case studies showcasing what is currently being done, that it'll inspire more businesses to participate. Great. And I think it's really worth noting that this is free um, because there's a lot of places green certification is not free. And what you're actually proposing is uh, saves money too, right? Saves money and resources. and Definitely. So excellent. Well, thank you so much, um, Kim. We really appreciate your taking the time to share that with us. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to spread awareness here. And thank you, KTMB, for helping us to learn more about recycling. So today I'm speaking with Andrew Frank, the founder of the nonprofit Space Cadet, which is located on Wells and Reno. This nonprofit is saving thousands of pounds of retail fixtures from being discarded into landfills by refurbishing and repurposing them for fashionable new retail spaces. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me on, Jenny. 
So tell us first what retail components are and why they are so often thrown out. Uh, so retail components are effectively the displays that display products within stores. So, you know, sunglass cases, apparel racks. Uh, and so the difficulty is these they're large, bulky, made out of metal, heavy, and oftentimes branded. And so from a brand perspective, Under Armour doesn't want their rack to go to somebody else to display Nike product, for example. And so without, there's really no good avenue to recycle or repurpose this product currently. And that's where Space Cadet comes in. Okay. So can you tell us the story of um, how you ended up founding your nonprofit? Yeah, absolutely. So in my previous job, um, received an email in short stating that they were going to be selling the warehouse that was storing our company's fixtures. Uh, and they were giving everybody two weeks to be able to ship out and utilize whatever we could and that everything else would be going into a landfill. So I not wanted to see anything go to waste. And at the time was just trying to really grow my own business uh, with that brand ended up ordering over 100 pallets worth of uh, these brand new retail fixtures. Yeah. So all that ended up showing up at my house in Reno. And not long after that, uh, my company said they'd be investing. My company said uh, they ended up throwing about $1.2 million worth of brand new retail fixtures into a landfill, paid someone $375,000 to scrap it. And really what made me want to start Space Cadet was when they let us know that they'd be investing $2.1 million the following year to replace all the inventory. And that was, to me, it, it was just massively wasteful. And I think it was really just a catalyst for me needing to, or for me to make sure that never happened again. So is it sometimes happening because um, a business is like going out of business or they're transitioning to a different business and they have to get rid of assets and then they're picking them up later? Or is it literally they just want to change their style together and they just want everything out and in with the new or? So it's actually all the above. So basically, I mean, it can be any number of reasons. It can be, so the biggest thing we're seeing right now is retailers going out of business is the retail apocalypse seems to continue. Yeah, but also like, you know, a lot of times a company will just design a new fixture that they want to get in market, stuff will get double shipped to accounts. And from a brand perspective, it becomes like this, no one really knows who's responsible. Like the brand looks to the retailer to figure out what to do with it after um, it's obsolete. And the retailer looks back to the brand and asks if they want it. And it's just kind of left in limbo because, you know, you can't really use it for anything else. Yeah. And so... Uh, we just saw an opportunity there to to change that. So tell us about your shop on Wells, um, what you're doing there. Yeah, so when I first started Space Cadet, I you know wrote a vision of a retail establishment that was uh, completely waste-free from conception all the way through operation. And we opened up Wells as our first attempt to kind of realize this vision. So we built out the entire space utilizing no new material. It was all upcycled retail fixtures that had been donated to our organization, as well as repurposed stuff that we found on Craigslist and furniture. And so basically our goal there is 
built it out using nothing new uh, and we want to generate no trash through the next three years of operation. So can anyone purchase things there? Like, do you have to have a retail establishment or can somebody use something like this in their garage or for their home-based business to store some of their inventory? Or Well, we're absolutely able to help out people with retail builds. Um, part of what we're doing on Wells is the public understand the problem because you talk, you know, I can talk all day about retail fixtures and I realized pretty quick uh, with this organization that not people understand or actually think about what they are, uh, with the exception of anyone who's ever worked in a retail establishment, because you know stuff gets thrown out all the time. So our shop on Wells, from a retail standpoint, we support local entrepreneurs, artists, and eco-friendly brands that are certified B corporations. So you can come in and you know, shop for the holidays and actually buy a plant or a planter, a vintage outfit um, or something sustainably made. Or, But it also serves as a showroom for what we were able to do in terms of retail build-outs for businesses that are interested in upcycled retail fixtures and really show, we're trying to show that it can be uh, boutique and look good as opposed to just, I don't know, <laughs> generic. Yeah, yeah. So do you also offer like any services to help refurbish or update components for local businesses that maybe don't want to throw it out, but they want it to look new and different? Yeah, we absolutely do. So that's where we were able to hit. It took us nine months to achieve our one-year goal from when we started of upcycling over 100,000 pounds of retail fixtures. So we had... Uh, I was lucky enough to be connected uh, through my previous work with a lot of the retailers in the area. And so uh, we've got great partners with, you know, Shields, uh, Vail Resorts. Retail has been a massive contributor and they love the program as well because they don't have to rent a dumpster. And yeah, so it's basically just an email or call into us and we arrange a pickup date and show up and we pack everything up and take it out for them. And then from a brand perspective, uh, first thing we do is bring it back and we actually strip all branding to turn it into a generic fixture, uh, repair anything that needs to be fixed, make it look good and, and then install it back in market. And so we're basically trying to take retail fixtures from a linear life cycle into, yeah, a constantly circular life cycle that uh, nothing new is introduced into the market. Excellent. So how would you like people to reach you or um, what is your website best way to contact? Uh, so for retail fixtures, it's uh, space cadet backwards. So it's cadetspace.org. And then uh, we do have kind of the store facing site of, we do have a .com of cadetspace.com as well. You know, all my info is uh, on Google and you can feel free to email me. It's andrew at cadetspace.org. Happy to help out anybody. It's Andrew at what? Cadet space, space. Yeah, dot org. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your taking the time to share this with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I really appreciate the work that Andrew and his company, Space Cadet, is doing to save so many materials and items from being thrown out and added to our landfills. I really hope that if you um, yourself or you know of others that are opening up a new business in the future can stop by his shop on Wells and take advantage of uh, their talents to design uh, fashionable new boutique retail spaces um, so that we can all benefit from reuse and repurposing and upcycling.
Kathleen. And now let's segue into our interview with Jama with Blend B in Sparks, Nevada. <laughs> well, welcome, Jama. Um, welcome to our show. Um, I would love to find out more about your Blend B business. Can you share with us a little bit of your history? Thank you. Yes, I'm super excited to be part of the show. And um, yeah, like you said, I'm Jama with Blend B, and I'm a local tea maker. So I got into the tea industry close to about 10 years ago now. Prior to that, I worked in nutrition. So I was the marketing director for a uh, large organic nutrition supplement company. And with that, I traveled around and I met with a lot of different herbalists and acupuncturists, a lot of Chinese herbs, and it really just sparked my passion in that world. And so I started designing custom tea blends for myself, for my own health, and for my friends and my family. And from there, the passion just grew and I decided to get in business for myself. Excellent. Excellent. So have you always been aware of the need to, to buy organic? Um, is that something that was on your ra- radar from the beginning? It always has been. I was raised in a really unique home. So we always gardened. We grew all our own food. We weren't allowed sugar. Um, <laughs> uh, I didn't actually drink. Um, I've never had soda. I've uh, rarely in my life ever had fast food. So it's just always been a passion of mine, uh, just nutrition in general, food in general. At 12, I decided to become vegetarian. And, you know, um, I don't know, the health and food and everything that it does within our bodies has always been a big passion for me. So, uh, of course, having my own company that, you know, focused on organic and how our food is, you know, grown and being able to put the most healthful things in our bodies was incredibly important to me. So I love that I'm able to live out my passion with my companies. Excellent. That's great. So have you been in this area from the beginning? Well, initially, um, so I've been in Reno for three years. And prior to that, I was up in State Line, up at um, Lake Tahoe. And I was there for uh, a couple years. The business, though, initially started when I was traveling. So I had um, started everything online. And I was traveling for about five and a half years and living in different areas, different countries uh, when I first launched. So I was kind of a nomad in the beginning. And then I grew some roots and I um, settled in Lake Tahoe. And then as the businesses grew, I really needed larger commercial space. So that's what brought me down to Reno. And I absolutely love it. It's home. I bought a house. I'm here. Oh, that's excellent. So um, tell me what um, goes into some of your decisions when you source um, the different um, elements of your tea. Definitely. So quality is is key. And that's what I've always learned within all of my endeavors when it comes to health that, um, you know, packaging, a lot of people will purchase products for the beautiful packaging, but really what's inside that packaging is most important. So researching the different farms, making sure that you know, they are organic. And some of the farms in these countries, the smaller farms, don't really want to pay our organic certification fees, um, yet they have never grown their ingredients, their herbs, everything else with uh, pesticides. And so it's just researching each farm. If, um, you know, I'm looking at certain ingredients, 
uh, different teas and, but mostly the different herbs. I love it when I can find wild crafted to me, that's actually um, better than even organic because it's just coming naturally growing in its natural state. Excellent. So where would be some places that people might be wild crafting some of the herbs and what are some of the herbs that they might um, uh, gather that way? So elderberries, uh, the elderberries that I get are wild crafted elderberries. Um, and those are found throughout the, all throughout the Pacific Northwest, they wild craft the elderberries. Uh, Go-to cola is a really strong medicinal herb. And that one is a wild crafted, oh gosh, the country that it's wild crafted from isn't coming. I think it's out in India where I'm getting the go-to cola from, along with quite a few of the other herbs. But wild crafted is just really cool because people go and they forage. Of course, it's, um, you know, then packaged commercially. But yeah, whenever I can get my hands on wild crafted, I'm pretty excited. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so what goes into maybe a decision or to help people make a decision to make a custom blend? Like, do you kind of give people a list of ingredients and maybe some suggestions as to the flavor tones of those particular herbs um, when they are crafting their own blend? Absolutely. So, um, you know, a lot of people ask, well, I don't know what I'd want in a tea blend. How would I, you know, decide different flavors? And, you know, honestly, my website is, it's really easy to use. So the custom section, I break it down from, for a flavor profile. So the top section will be the different caffeinated teas I offer, and then the uh, caffeine free options. And then you get into floral ingredients, fruity ingredients, spicy, earthy. So First, you know, is deciding what kind of flavor profile you're looking for. If you want something rich and earthy, then you would stay in the spices and the earth tone ingredients. Um, something, if you want something vibrant and lemony and fruity, then you'd stay in the fruity side. So it's always deciding, you know, flavor profile first and then selecting the ingredients from there. Um, I have a lot of customers that email me and I do help people uh, create their custom blends. And if anybody on the website orders one that is just going to be obviously undrinkable i will typically email them and let them know that i you know that maybe we can adjust a few things but honestly most of the time people they're thankful that i email them but a lot of times they've chosen those ingredients for specific health benefits and they don't even care what it tastes like they just want it to work so <laughs> you know it all depends on what you're looking for Excellent. So do you have any health practitioners that kind of work with you or um, recommend you to um, be a good source of some recommended herbs? We do. So I work with quite a few different naturopaths and I create custom blends for um, them to sell within their office or to prescribe to their particular patients. Uh, for myself, with all the studying, reading and everything that I've done, I've been able to really stay well-versed in the arena of what ingredients work well for what um, and benefit-wise. And so I do list on the website with each ingredient, the flavor profile, along with the top benefits of that ingredient. So you're able to kind of pinpoint if you're looking for something specific for blood pressure or even metabolism, you know, that's always a top pick for a lot of people trying to um, detox or you know, lose weight. Everyone's looking for the quick pill, you know. <laughs> so certain ingredients do work well for those. And I do list the top benefits for each ingredient on the site. Um, when people want more detailed, they typically will email me 
and you know we can go from there nice nice so for the holidays do you have kind of maybe a little basket or special uh, packaging that might be something that would you know be an excellent gift they are excellent gifts so I also have a lot of pre-made blends and all the pre-made blends on the website are the ones that I've created or that a customer has made as a custom blend and we loved it so much we launched it. Uh, so there are definitely fall flavors, winter flavors on the website. And the cool part is when you are ordering any of the blends, you can. there's a section that says personalization. It's in every product. You can put someone's first name there and we handcraft every blend to order. And so we'll put um, their recipient's name directly on the label somewhere. So it's very personalized uh, and it makes a really great gift. We offer one ounce sizes. Those are the smaller sizes. So people will buy a few of the one ounces along with a tea straw or one of the accessories for the holidays. We um, do offer 15% off with the code support small. So that'll be running through the holidays. Mm -hmm. For everybody to shop away and get some yummy teas. <laughs> oh, excellent. excellent. I, well, I hope people um, take advantage of this. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share that with us. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It was nice meeting you and thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast. Please take good care of you and yours. Stay well and help us all make this a kinder, healthier, and greener community for all.